Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Today I want to preach a message that speaks to all of the women in this room. I know we've been focusing on moms, and and that's a great thing, it's a wonderful thing, but I want to preach to all of the women in the room, mothers, daughters, grandmothers, granddaughters, aunts, sisters, if you are a woman, this message is for you. And to the men in the room, listen close, listen really close. You see all this gray in my beard? It means I have a lot of wisdom, okay? Many years, many years of wisdom, and men listen close to me. The more you can learn about women, the better off your life will be. So listen close to this message today as you get into the heart and mind of a woman. Now, I don't claim to be an expert on women by any means, okay? I'm not saying that at all, Um, but I was born and raised by one. I married one, and I fathered one. And so I've come to this realization that my entire life, from day one, I've had a woman in my life telling me what to do. And probably until the last day of my life, when I take my last breath, a woman is going to be right there encouraging me to do what needs to be done. And so I've really been thinking about this a lot because I want to do this justice today. And what, what I've realized is that men and women are both strong. They're just strong in different ways. Men and women are both strong. God's created us both strong, but just strong in different ways. In 1 Peter 3 and 7, the Bible speaks of of women being the weaker vessel. Now, before you throw stuff at me, women, listen to me. I I didn't write that. I just quoted it, okay? But the Bible speaks in 1 Peter 3 and 7 about women being the weaker vessel, but this only applies to her physique. Understand that. Um, the key word there is vessel, vessel. Uh, it's kind of like this. Is a minivan weaker than an army tank? Before you answer, let me explain this to you. Both are vehicles, right? Would you agree with me? Both are vehicles. Both serve a purpose. Both have a purpose. They are just different in their strengths and their weaknesses. One transports and carries the family from point A to point B, right? The other is designed for combat to defend your family. You understand what I'm talking about, right? One is very practical and multifunctional. The other is is rigid and durable. One rides smooth, comfortably, and is shock-absorbed. The other is a very bumpy ride that crawls over everything in its path, right? Now, nobody in this room is offended by the statement that a tank is stronger than a minivan. That doesn't offend us at all, does it? But no one wants to drive the tank every day to work. It may be a stronger vehicle just from the way it's built physically, but you're not going to drive the tank to soccer practice. You're not going to drive the tank to get groceries. You might feel like you need to sometimes to fight that crowd at Publix, but you know what? You don't drive the tank to get groceries. A a tank may have the ability to destroy everything in its path, but a minivan takes the family to Disney, right? And like tanks and minivans, men and women are just different. Men and women are created differently. They each have their own strengths and they each have their own weaknesses. Today I want us to read a very interesting event out of the Bible, and we're going to be reading from Judges chapter 4 and chapter 5. And so I'm going to be um, starting and stopping as I read Scripture today. 
But Judges chapters 4 and 5. And I want to read where the Bible showcases the strength of women. And with all of these wonderful women in the room today, I just wanted to encourage them with this sermon today. I didn't even, I didn't even title this sermon. I, you know me. I mean, I'm, I, I always have some type of title or, or, or something with a series or a sermon. And I didn't title this message today. But if I did, I think I would call it Milk and Murder. Milk and Murder. It makes sense once we're done, okay? The book of Judges shows us a time in Israel's history before Israel had kings. They never had a king. Other nations had kings. And, and, and one of the things that got Israel in trouble later on is that they wanted to be like other nations and they demanded a king. And that's where things really got out of control. But God's design for Israel as a nation in the beginning uh, works of this nation, his design was that he would raise up judges to help settle domestic disputes and defend against foreign enemies. That was God's design. I'll raise up men and women to defend against foreign enemies and to settle domestic disputes. In Judges 2 and 18, the Bible says, Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. So God was faithful all the days that Israel had a judge. When there was a judge appointed to Israel, God was faithful, and he saved them from the hands of their enemies. I don't know why they would want to change that. If you're having success and, and, and you're defending against the enemies, why would you want to change that? But, but later on, they do. They demand a king. But there were some great judges that God raised up. Some of them maybe you're familiar with. Some of them maybe not. Uh, one of the first ones that comes to my mind was this guy by the name of Shamgar. Shamgar killed 600 Philistines with what the Bible calls an ox goad. I don't know what an ox goat is, but I have a feeling it's not the best weapon for one man to kill 600 Philistines, okay? So Shamgar was, was one of the judges. Gideon, Gideon is a very familiar judge that we, we know about. He defeated 135,000 Midianites with only 300 men. He started with 32,000, and God quit, kept dwindling the number down until he had the faithful 300 men. That was the original 300 right there, okay? And so, so Gideon, we know him. We know Samson. Samson was a judge, and, and Samson single-handedly defeated an, an army of 1,000 Philistines with only the jawbone of a donkey. That's all he had, and he killed 1,000 1, men. In chapter 4... The king of Canaan and his army have oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. For 20 years, the king of the Canaanites has, has been applying pressure to them. If you will pay me, if, if you will make sure that I'm taken care of, I'll leave you just enough to, to live off of. But I'm coming in, I'm plundering your food, I'm plundering your tools, I'm plundering your weapons. And if you will cooperate with me, I'll let you live. And he terrorized them for, for over 20 years. And, and this king of Canaan, he put the commander of his army named Sisera... He put him in that area to continue to terrorize and control the people of Israel... And the Israelites cried out to God for help. In the beginning of chapter 4, they cry out to God for help. God hears their cry, and he raises up another judge. This time, it is the female judge, the only female judge that is listed in your Bible. Judges chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 to begin with. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife, the wife of Lapidoth, 
was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. Now Deborah, Deborah was this special woman in a very male-dominated world. She thrived in a strong patriarchal society. Think about it. When your Bible often, when it refers to God, it refers to God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you know what all three of them have in common besides their bloodline? They're all men. And when the Bible would refer, when the writers of the Bible would refer to, to, to God, the true and living God, they would refer to him as the God of, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not the God of Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah. And at that time, men were the leaders. But yet God raised up this woman, Deborah, to serve as a judge for Israel. And there's only 12 judges listed in the book of Judges, and she's one of them. But Deborah was not only just a judge, church. The Bible calls her a prophetess, a prophetess. And there are only two other people in the Old Testament that can lay claim to being called both a judge and a prophet of Israel. And those, those two men were, were both Moses and Samuel. So the only three people in the Bible that were both a prophet and a judge of Israel were Moses, Samuel, and Deborah. Deborah was a strong leader, and she possessed wisdom to help settle domestic disputes in her homeland. She exemplified bravery in battle against foreign enemies, but, but she had this, this unique gift that she could hear from heaven and pronounce the will of God. Now, women, listen to me. If you want to strive to be like someone, if, if you want a role model for your life, try and be like Deborah. Think about those qualities and how they could apply to your life. Think about it. If you could use wisdom to settle domestic disputes within the walls of your home. Think about it. If you could exemplify bravery against enemies against your home. Or if you could learn to hear from heaven and pronounce the will of God over your home. Do you know how amazing that would be for your home if those qualities were being exemplified by your life? Deborah could hear from heaven, and she knew that God had instructed Barak, the Israelite commander, to take 10,000 troops, 10,000 men, to go and fight Sisera and the Canaanite army. The only problem was that the Canaanite army was 40,000 men strong. 40,000 men against 10,000. Verses 6 and 7. Let's read it. She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kadesh Naphtali and said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, Go gather your men, go, go, go gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking ten thousand from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun? And I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Outnumbered by a four to one ratio. Barak wasn't sure if he wanted to go and fight this battle. And, and I don't blame him. I mean, if I'm looking at this situation, it doesn't look like a, a shoe-in. It doesn't look like a battle that I want to get involved with because he's clearly outnumbered one to four. Sisera has 900 chariots of iron. Now, this is, this is very important because this is advanced weaponry for this day. Barak and the men of Israel... The Bible tells us they don't even have shields and spears. They don't even have shields and spears, but yet these guys are riding in on chariots. 
How are they possibly going to, to defeat these men? They, they, they are just fighting to stay alive at that moment. And I don't blame this man for being a little uncertain. So he does what every big, strong, brave man does. He asked a woman to go and fight with him. Now, men, listen to me. This is where you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot from a dummy. Okay? Every honest man in this room, you know that I'm, that I'm telling you the truth when I say that each one of us, has, that we've had a strong woman by our side to get us to where we're at today. Man, that was a perfect place for you to say amen on this Mother's Day. Every man in this room knows that we've had a strong woman by our side to get us to where we're at today. Amen? Amen. Whether it be a mother, a wife, a grandmother, a sister, every successful man has had a woman going to battle with him. And I can tell you right now that the success of my ministry would not be possible without that warrior princess right there by my side. And that is completely awesome, Mandy, because I just saw you in the Xena Warrior Princess outfit. <laughs> and I want to remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> That'll give me a reason to fight right there. <laughs> so with Deborah by his side, Barak goes to battle. But this is where the story gets really good. Let's read. I'm going to stop and start a few times, but let's read. Judges chapter 4, starting at verse 12. When Sisera was told that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the men who were with him, from Harasheth Haggigam to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, Up! I love how forceful she is here. Up! For this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not the Lord go out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army before Barak by the edge of the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot. And Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Harasheth Higium. And all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. Let's stop just for a moment. This is a wonderful thing, how God has, has, has reassured already this battle is going to be won. I'm going to use you. You may be outnumbered four to one, but I'm going to use you. And, and God comes through with this. Now, here's the only problem. You've got to kill the head. If you don't, young David, young David, he knew. I just knocked Goliath down. If, if I want to really win this battle, I've got to cut this man's head off. This is getting crazy, guys. I know last week some of your children that should probably be in children's church are looking at me like, you know, last week we were talking about people eating babies. Today we're, we're talking about cutting heads off. It's going to get worse. I'm warning you right now. It's about to get really bad. Think about this. They have defeated this army. The problem is there's at least 300 other foot troops available to this man, to this commander, Sisera. There's at least 300 other foot tro troops, according to Josephus, there's, there's over 10,000, I believe it's 10,000 that, that, that are, are on horseback, and at least uh, somewhere in, in, the, in the ballpark of 2,100 chariots and men, and men riding those chariots. He's got some reserve. All this man needs to do is survive. He can go regroup, and he can come back. So they kill off the army. They kill off the Canaanite army, but you've still got Sisera, the commander, that is running for his life. Now let's pick it up, verse 17. 
But Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the house of, of Heber the Kenite. And Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me. Do not be afraid. She's getting his attention. She's like, look over here. Look over here. Don't be afraid. Come to me. She can see this man running in panic. And she's saying, come over here. So he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. So, so he's scared. He's, he, he, he lays down. She covers him up. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. Now, this is so intentional. Listen. This man asked for water. He's thirsty. He's been running for his life. He asked for water. And what does she give him? She gives him milk. All the good moms in the room, you know what warm milk could do. You got to put that baby to sleep, right? Sister, you've been such a good boy. Just, just, just go to sleep, buddy. Just go to sleep. You can trust me. And he said to her, stand at the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, is anyone here, say no. But Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg. I told you it's about to get rough in here, guys. Listen. She took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. Then she went softly to him. She is tiptoeing. She went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down to the ground while he was lying fast asleep from weariness. So he died. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Seriously, you got to put that in. So he died. And behold, as Barak was pursuing Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there lay Sisera dead with the tent peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin the king of Canaan before the people of Israel. And the hand of the people of Israel pressed harder and harder against Jabin the king of Canaan until they destroyed Jabin the king of Canaan. And for the next 40 years, church, there was peace in that land. J.L., this woman that drove the tent peg through this man's skull, J.L.'s name means mountain goat. You ever met a rough woman? Her name means mountain goat, and it fits perfectly because she was a bad woman. <laughs> and in the next chapter, in the next chapter, Barack and Deborah, the commander and the judge, they team up together on a little duet, and, and they sing this song that honors J.L. in the song, and, and it, it went something like this right here. bad influences on me when did when did y'all get up here okay maybe maybe they were no hall of notes but but the duo of Barack and Deborah they did sing a song celebrating JL and it went like this no I'm just kidding 
Judges chapter 5, verses 24 through 27, here's the song they sing about her. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. And a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head, she shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell, there he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell, where he sank, there he fell, dead. And so I like this song, I thought it was pretty cool, and I felt like it would be a great idea for the children's church workers to teach this to your children today. So they're over there learning this song right now. Isn't it? It's, it's going to be a great song. They're going to come home. They're going to get in the car singing, She struck Cicero. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. It's going to be great. You couldn't find anyone that's less likely to be a hero in the Bible because she doesn't fit the criteria at all. To begin with, she was a woman. It was amazing enough that we had Deborah serving as a judge, the only woman judge. One strong woman has the ability to influence others. I know. We've lost some strong women in our church. But I know the influence that they've had on other women in our church, and that legacy lives on. One strong woman has the ability to influence others. No doubt that Deborah's courage was contagious to JL. She also didn't fit the, the criteria because she was not Jewish. She was a Kenite. Kenites, you see, they were this nomadic tribe that their survival depended on their ability to stay clear of war and to stay clear of local disputes. If they could just stay out of everyone's eye, they could survive. But you see, she knew. She knew that her future success and the peace of her family was dependent upon if Israel and the God of Israel was exalted. And so when she, seen, when she saw that commander running, she saw that commander running. She knew. She had a, a, just a moment to make a, a, a big decision. She says, I'm not going to let him flee. He will regroup and he will come and terrorize this land. But I am going to do whatever I have to do. It may cost me my life right now, but I am going to kill this man. And so to all the weaker vessels in the room, let me tell you something. His strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm okay with being called a weaker vessel. If you want to call me that, women don't despise that. Because I figured out a long time ago that whenever I try to be strong in my own abilities, that's when I'm weak. But when I realize I'm weak and I become strong in his abilities, his strength is made perfect in weakness. Women, you have the ability to change the emotional climate of the atmosphere of your home. God has gifted you with that. 
Whether you use that responsibly or not, that's up to you. But when you are calm, I can tell you this, the home, is cal- the home is calm. And even in the middle of a chaotic day when nobody is minding and, and the house is a mess, if you have the ability to just display a, a peaceful demeanor, you can bring a calm to that house by evening. It's amazing how a woman has the ability to do that. And when you are warring, I can tell you this, women, the, the home is warring. When you're worked up, the home is worked up. The amazing thing about women to me is that a woman's hands can be gentle, but they can also be deadly. And both are attributes. But women, you've got to learn when each one of those attributes is appropriate. You can't be deadly all the time. There's got to be moments when you are gentle. But you can't be gentle all the time. There's got to be moments when you can be deadly. When you apply the right attribute at the right time, women, you are going to create a legacy to be remembered by. That they will talk about you for years and years and years to come. And they'll talk about how you were that prophetic voice in the home was able to see heaven's thoughts and display them to the world. JL is a perfect example of this. JL could serve milk with one hand and pick up a hammer with the other. You've got that ability. She can make peace at one moment and she could drive a tent peg through a man's head in another moment. How do you know, women, when it's time to pick up that hammer and drive that tent peg? It's when the enemy threatens your family's relationship with the God of Israel. When the enemy is threatening that, it's time to fight. In January of 2016, a young woman stopped one night at a gas station in Hialeah, Florida. And as she was pumping gas, two men wearing masks ran to the car across the pump from her. That woman got into her car, locked the doors, and sped off. And then they turned their attention to her. One of them jumped in the driver's seat, and as you can tell by this surveillance video, this woman ripped this man out of the driver's seat. Both of these men fled on foot. They were later identified and arrested, but what they did not realize about this woman, they did not realize that her two kids were in the back seat. I know enough to realize that when A mama bird is trying to guard her nest and guard her young. She'll, she will attack you. I've been attacked numerous times by a mama bird. The most deadly a bear can become is when you're messing with her cubs. Women, there's times for you to be gentle. There's times for you to rise up and defend your family and become that prophetic voice God's called you to be. You know what some of you need in your homes? You just need that prophetic voice, the spirit of Deborah coming upon you and saying, no, no, no. God is going to bring healing to our marriage. When's the last time you spoke that kind of healing over your marriage, over your family? Women, some of you, you need to be 
You need to be declaring over your home that your children, your lost prodigals are going to come back to Jesus Christ because you raised them in the way they should go. And when they are old, you refuse to believe they will depart from that. You need to be declaring that with a prophetic word over your home. You need a prophetic word being, being spoken over your home that says, no, no, we're not going to we're not going to accept the sickness. No, we are going to declare that by His stripes we are healed. And women, God's given you the ability to be that prophetic voice. Speak it over your home. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.